This is the Mental Health Revolution. Welcome to the Doorway to Self podcast with Rachel Leah Gerson. Hello and welcome back to the Doorway to Self podcast. We have reached episode 51. (laughs) Thank you so much to all of you who tuned in for episode 50 and all of the episodes before that or some of the episodes before that. And to those of you who have left reviews on iTunes, that is super, super, super helpful in being able to help this podcast be found by the masses. Um, If you're wanting to spread psychic education like I am, like Wildfire, uh, those iTunes reviews are where it is at. So grateful to you. Thank you so much if you have left a review. And if you have not, please go to your iTunes app if you're not already listening to it on there, or you can go to iTunes on any desktop or tablet or phone, and you can leave a podcast review. Five stars is going to get it found. If you leave an actual written review, it's going to get it found even more. So that's what I wanted to open with. I also want to let you know This time, a lot of you guys know I'm kind of jumping around from place to place right now. Um, That is what spirit has guided me to do. And as such, sometimes living with other people in new situations means trying to get the absolute quietest of circumstances um, means that I am going to have to forego, um, you know, just kind of outweigh some of the sound options here. So to me, at this point in time, it was more important to not have people in the background talking than it was to not have a dishwasher running in the background. So um, at this point in time, if you are listening to this podcast episode and you hear strange gurgling in the background, it is the dishwasher. (laughs) So please just be mindful of that. Yes, I am human and um, there are human things that happen in this life. We can't have silence around us all the time. Which is actually a really, really lovely segue, I think, into this week's episode. Um, I was very highly guided to do an episode about um, self-care during the holidays. Um, And I know I kind of left you guys on a cliffhanger last week with, um, you know, how to run a spiritual business. And I said I was going to do a part two, and I swear it is coming. It's just not time for it yet. I heard very clearly there needed to be a breather on that as we get through the holidays and such and into the new year. So you can expect that my guess is probably in January, but you know, with how I run this thing, and or rather how spirit runs this thing, I should say, um, I never know sometimes, even leading up to like five minutes before I push record sometimes what is going to come out of my mouth for the episode. So um, I don't dictate that. <laughs> um, so here we are. How to take care of yourself? What what are some good self care techniques for specifically energy maintenance um, and energy upkeep during the holidays when we are around our families? A lot of us, or you know, for some people in circumstances this year um, and last year, there is a lot of separation that's happening. Perhaps you're unable to see your family or your loved ones. We'll be talking about that too. Um, I'm just, my heart is going out. I I just feel a lot of heavy hearts listening to this right now. So I just, I want to urge you to take a breath. If you're listening to this when it comes out, oh my gosh, we are like at the, at the tail end here of eclipse season. So 
Just know that emotions are running really high. We're already into the holiday season. There are already family squabbles and um, perhaps even bigger than a squabble. I don't mean to, you know, underplay whatever you might be going through too. So just know that my heart is really, really going out to you. I feel for you. Um, and I'm just, I'm sending love. And I, uh, if it's in the highest good, I hope that whatever you are going through, whatever your family is going through, that it comes to be enlightened, <sighs> that the truth comes to be illuminated in whatever situations you're in. Mm-hmm. So what I want to speak to first is um, this idea that, you know, um, being around the family, a lot of time eating foods that we're perhaps not used to eating or not supposed to be eating, but we do anyways, because look, that's a part of self-care sometimes. Sometimes you gotta splurge. It's a thing. Um, <laughs> I am, I am very happy to splurge from time to time, actually more than from time to time. If I'm being honest, it's definitely a part of my self-care routine. I'm like, you know what? I'm not supposed to have sugar, but <laughs> here we go, because sometimes the benefits outweigh the costs. So, <laughs> oh goodness, you guys, this human experience, it's really something, isn't it? So, firstly, I want to speak to the folks who are going to be spending time with your families for the holidays. So, um, how do you keep yourself you? <laughs> when you're around your family. Um, now, for some people, this is not a big deal, um, but I would argue those people are in the minority. So if that's you, congratulations. That's fantastic. Um, most people have a lot of trouble staying themselves around their families. Why is this? Well, um, you know, you were born and raised with these people in most cases, you know, unless you were adopted older or something like that. Um, but most people are born and raised with their families and their families are scaffolding them from a very young age onward. And through that scaffolding, we are taught to shed parts of ourselves and take on parts of ourselves that we are not. Um, also ancestral patterns, ideas, ideations, things that are carried down, passed down. Those are also more illuminated when we're around our family members who also share those same DNA memories, those same DNA traits. Um, and of course, we have the societal conditioning that's passed down not only through the generations, but also in everything that we observe, surround ourselves with um, intake as children moving forward. Um, into young adulthood and teenage years and then adulthood. Um, so being around our families, it can bring a lot of those things up. It can, even if we've done the work and we have shed a lot of the maladaptive coping mechanisms or communication skills or behaviors that perhaps we learned in our families, even though perhaps we may have shed those outside um, you know, doing our own work separately from the family, a lot of the time when we come back, it can trigger those behaviors, those thoughts, those reactions, those um, miscommunications to bubble back up, to arise, to resurface. And so basically, it's about kind of keeping yourself in check, noticing when you are not fully being yourself. 
And I want to give you permission here too, because firstly, like I said, it's completely normal for that kind of thing to happen. Secondly, if it does happen, I want you to treat it as an awareness and to also treat it as medicine. So I want to urge you when those things start to come up, those old ways of, uh, you know, talking passive, passive aggressively or sarcastically or um, belittling people or, you know, wh whatever it is, whatever the patterning is, when that stuff starts to happen, if it starts to happen, notice it, recognize where it does not match your current state of being, notice why it's being triggered within you? Why is this your response? And then recognize how there's no longer an attachment to it likely. How it just kind of feels like you are stepping into someone else's bodysuit and enacting all of these old patterns, all of these old habits that no longer represent who you are. And then I want you to recognize how you are likely stepping into those patterns and behaviors because it's safe. Even if perhaps it elicits arguments or uh, drama or, you know, something just really uncomfortable within the family or within yourself or both, you know, even if that's the case, there's still something safe in it. And what is the safety? The safety is it's a pattern. The human brain, the human being really enjoys patterns. And when we veer outside of a pattern, it can oftentimes become more uncomfortable before it becomes more comfortable. And that's exactly what's happening when we rejoin into our families and we start coming into these old patternings is it's literally just the brain loop is being triggered to respond in the same way that it always has responded. And so it is your job, if you so choose, to break the cycle. What do you need to do to break the cycle? Firstly, recognize these maladaptive patterns. How are they maladaptive? How are they presenting themselves, etc. Secondly, how are they showing up within you? Thirdly, are you still attached to them? Are they still you or are they just things that are happening and it seems almost as though you have zero control over them? And then when you notice them and you recognize them, you can allow yourself to let them go. Think of it as almost like a shedding process. Almost like, you know, if someone were to pour oil into the bottom of a glass of water. The bubbles of oil are eventually going to rise to the surface. And if you let the water sit long enough without touching it, all of the oil will come to the surface. All of it. To the point where perhaps you could skim it off the top or perhaps you could um, light a match and burn it off the top, right? It's the same kind of idea. We are letting these things that are not us, that we have accumulated throughout our lives, we are allowing them to be the oil that's within us. And during these moments in time, we're allowing that oil to come to the surface, make itself known, make itself seen and be completely collected. And then we're allowing it to just burn itself away. Burn itself away. 
So that's number one. When you're getting together with your family, just noticing where those patterns and behaviors are coming up that are really not you. And then perhaps allowing yourself the moment to see it as though you're becoming a ceremony with your younger self to shed those things that are not you, that were imposed upon you. And through that, also recognizing that you are also uprooting that from your DNA patterning. And it is going to also affect your family. It is going to also make them look at themselves. Do not be surprised if you become a scapegoat, if you get gaslit, if um, people are just severely triggered by you changing and by you becoming a better person. Because what happens then is you're a direct reflection of all of the ways in which they have not worked on themselves, all of the ways in which they are not a better person. And they're seeing you become this better person and it's making them go, oh, no, no, no. This was more comfortable. It was more comfortable to live in these lower frequencies. It was more comfortable to live from these negative patternings. And so, you know, this person, you, you're an asshole, right? You're an asshole for bringing this up to me. You're an asshole for reflecting back to me how I haven't done any work. So if you really want to walk out of a family situation feeling wonderful about yourself, just go in being the best person you can be. Go in um, the absolute most aligned with your energy, with yourself that you possibly can be. Because here's the truth, is we build all of these walls around ourselves and we take on all these mal- maladaptive coping mechanisms and reflections outward because we are trying to protect our inner essence. We're trying to protect the parts of ourselves that were unseen, that were mistreated, that were disrespected, that were you know, abused in, in many cases. Um, and, and we're trying to protect those. And so that's why we take on these maladaptive family coping skills, essentially. Um, because being ourselves fully would open up the opportunity for attack. But here is the irony in that, is that the stronger you are in your essence, in your being the harder it's going to be for them to actually attack you because you're not going to need their approval, their permission, their liking, et cetera, et cetera, so on and so forth. Now, if you do find yourself needing those things, then that's work for you to do. Those are shadows for you to look at. Why do I need my mom's approval with this? Or why do I need my dad to show me that I'm worthy? Or why, you know, whatever, these are not my personal things. Um, I'm just throwing out examples here, but you know, why Why are those things that I am needing and why is that somehow, why am I convinced that that is somehow going to feed my essence? It's not. It is not going to feed your essence. Only you can feed your essence. Only you can build yourself up and you can build yourself up by doing this work. Now, here's the thing <laughs> is that doing this work amidst family Whoa, that's real intense. So if you want to do that undertaking, good for you. I give you kudos and also make sure you're giving yourself room to breathe. Which brings me to in the moment scenarios. This is actually the thing I was most excited to talk about today with you guys because these have been life 
changing life, 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 life changing tools that I've been utilizing when spending time, not only with my family, but just with people in general too. So if you're somebody who's doing a, you know, going to um, a Friendsgiving or a friend's uh, holiday party or something like that, um, where perhaps it's not your actual family, um, but you're still needing these tools, uh, hey, these are probably going to be helpful also for business holiday parties or what have you. It's literally just for gatherings, whatever gathering you might be going to. These are very helpful tools. I just like to say specifically with family because that is oftentimes where we can become the most triggered, the most heated, um, the most frustrated with ourselves of like, oh my gosh, why am I doing this? This isn't who I am anymore. I haven't done, I haven't, I don't know, said XYZ phrase in like four years or um, I haven't, you know, whatever it is, whatever it is that you're doing. Okay, so I'm gonna walk you guys through this. These are my absolute favorite tools for when you are needing to come back to center and you are around other people. Number one, utilize the bathroom. (laughs) I know, I know, it's kind of a strange thing to say, but I absolutely love the bathroom. There is absolutely nothing wrong with the bathroom unless somebody has taken advantage of it before you by way of pooping and it smells. That is the only time I'm going to dissuade you from using the bathroom. However, if that is not the case and the bathroom is clean and clear, go use the bathroom. Here is why. The bathroom is not something that people question unless you're in there, you know, for... 20 minutes and perhaps you're in and out every five. That I will not perhaps suggest that you do. But you know, maybe like once an hour for a couple of minutes or something, you know? Um, All right, let me tell you what's in the bathroom because there are three key things, perhaps four, four, well, actually more than four, whatever. I'm not gonna put a number on this. There are several key things that exist in any given bathroom that you can utilize to your advantage. One, you can pee. Peeing is fantastic. Why? Because it is a bodily function where you are physically releasing. You can put intention into the act of peeing. Why? Because you can put intention into literally everything you do. When you go pee at a family function, you can put the intention behind it that you are going to pee out anything that is not you in this moment that is resurfacing, that is needing to be shed. Remember I gave that water and oil um, example a little earlier? Yeah, so guess what? You can intention your pee to pee out the oil. That's what it is, okay? So there's that, you get to pee. If you don't have to pee, or even obviously if you do have to pee, there is also water in the bathroom. There is water where you can wash your hands. If we think of energy through the lens of physics, because energy is the number one thing that physics is hinging upon, if we think of energy through the lens of mathematics, physics, etc., 
Uh, we can look at molecules. What do molecules do with heat? They speed up. What do they do with colds? They slow down. If you rinse or wash your hands under cold water or your face or whatever, it slows down the movement of molecules, which means it slows down the movement of energy. It is literally shocking energy into place. Uh, what does this do? Two things. One, it shocks you into your body. It shocks you into your system, the cold, okay? Two, it allows for the energy to essentially like distill and harden so that you can call in what is yours and separate out what's not and shed that shite, okay? Um, so there's that. It, it basically just stops the flow of energy. Also, if we're looking at the idea of washing our hands, again, we can intention this. I am washing my hands of all things that do not serve me. It's a spell. I am washing my hands of all things that are not me. I am washing my hands of all DNA patterning that no longer is serving me. Whatever words you want to use, whatever intentionality you want to put behind it, it all works great. Okay, next thing that's in the bathroom. Unless you have a really, really tiny bathroom, you have space where nobody else is. There is space, there is peace, and there is quiet. Even if people are being noisy on the other side of the door, there is some semblance of silence within this smaller room. The sound is deafened or dampened a little bit. So you can breathe into that and just know that you have your own space for just a moment in time. This is your space. This is your time. Okay. If you have a little bit of a larger bathroom, you also then have the luxury of being able to move. You are going to feel like a goon. I am warning you, unless you're a pro at it like I am and you're used to doing this, but even still, sometimes I feel like a goon. You can move. You can wiggle your entire body, you can shake it out, you can just like, boom, total reset. And scientifically, by the way, when we move, when we shake, when we, our entire body, it actually resets the vagal nerve, uh, the vagus nerve, vagal nervous system, uh, which is responsible for anxiety and full-blown energy alignment, essentially. Um, so that's real important, um, and it's lovely to be able to have the opportunity to do that. And we can actually do that outside of the bathroom as well. When people are not looking, when there's nobody around, we can do things that I like to call micro-movements, uh, which is basically like a little shake of the hand, again, with that intention, right? A little shake of the hand, just release that energy, um, or like even like a stretch or cracking the neck or... Um, when nobody's looking, you can shake out the whole body. Um, or even if somebody is looking, you can just be like, you can blame it. You can be like, oh yeah, I got a chill. Like, does that ever happen to you? You just get the chills sometimes. Oh yeah, okay. And you move on and it's great. So I just wanted to throw that in there too. That is one of my absolute favorite tools. 
um, is the micro movement. And I do that no matter where I go. Sometimes I'll be, actually, this happens almost every time I go to the grocery store where I'm walking through and I'm shopping and I don't like what I feel um, in some certain part of the store or another or around a certain person or whatever. And I'm like, yeah, I'm about to do a micro movement. And I just kind of give my body a little wiggle, a little shake, or I um, flick my wrist or I... Um, trying to put words to the movement I'm doing with my hand right now. I don't even know. I guess I toss the energy out with my hand. Um, something like that, you know. So just find what works for you. Um, but we're going to come back to the bathroom here because the bathroom is gold. All right. Here is the next thing and perhaps the most important thing that exists in most bathrooms. Some bathrooms don't have them, but it's very rare. The mirror. So why, Rachel, pray tell, is the mirror an amazing tool? Well, if you've worked with me, you know I harp on the mirror. Okay, here's the thing. I think if you know the story of Narcissus, the Greek um, god of narcissism, essentially. So this dude, Narcissus, is gorgeous. Like, he's just this gorgeous, gorgeous person. And he becomes obsessed with himself. And he stares at his own reflection in a spring to the point where he drowns because he becomes so enamored with his own reflection. I have my own take on the story. I've been thinking about this a lot lately. That I almost wonder if it's not that Narcissus was so obsessed with himself and so in love with himself that he was staring at his reflection. But what if he was searching for himself? Like, what if he was searching for himself within his eyes, within his depth? And I honestly believe that we have been robbed societally of the ability to look at ourselves in the mirror with love, to become just so enamored with how beautiful we are because we're afraid of being narcissistic or egotistical or um, self-absorbed or something like that. And it's like, oh, I can't look at myself in the mirror unless it's to critique myself or, you know, to make sure I look put together before work or whatever it is. But I really want to urge you to look at yourself in the mirror, like really stare yourself in the eyes and just connect, connect with yourself like you would another human being and just feel the love that's there. Now, of course, this can bring up a lot for people, especially if you don't love yourself, especially if you are afraid of yourself, especially if, you know, you you trigger yourself essentially at this point in time. And so if that's the case and you have not done any mirror work yet, then I want to urge you to stay away from this um, tool in the bathroom until you've done your own mirror work on your own outside of a family setting because otherwise you might just throw yourself off a cliff that you don't want to throw yourself off of at that point in time but if you are very familiar with yourself um, and how you can connect with yourself in the mirror and how you can love yourself through connecting with yourself in the mirror then I say 100% go for it utilize that bathroom mirror, remind yourself of who you are. Because that's the thing is oftentimes being around family or being around coworkers or being around friends or whomever it is that, that is at this gathering, being around them can oftentimes put us in positions where we forget who we are for a moment. 
And so taking that minute to excuse yourself, go to the bathroom and stare yourself in the mirror and be like, ah, this is who I am. This is who I am. This is coming home. And then being able to fill your cup up that way just for a second and walk back out of that bathroom and into the gathering, it's like a beautiful reset. It's gorgeous. It's a lovely, lovely moment. So I want to urge you to do that. Okay. So that is all that exists in the bathroom, (laughs) this magical world of the bathroom at a family gathering. I also spoke about micro movements. Uh, The next thing I want to speak to is water and the importance of water. When we are constantly staying hydrated, it helps us to flush things out of our systems. Okay. So again, with this oil water metaphor, if you're wanting to get the oil out of your body, be drinking all that water that you can because it's going to push the oil out. I know it kind of doesn't work in the opposite way because now we're kind of talking about oil floating to the bottom, but you get my drift. I think you understand what I'm talking about. And here we are. Okay. Um, so stay hydrated. Connect with your breath is the next thing. Connect with your breath. Um, if you find yourself in conversations that are frustrating or irritating or you are feeling triggered or belittled or whatever it is that you're experiencing, connect with your breath. And also, don't be afraid to speak up for yourself. Um, perhaps, unless, unless, and I do want to just throw this caveat out there, if you actually legitimately would be in danger, do not speak up. If you would legitimately be in physical harm, do not speak up. But also ask yourself in that moment, why did I attend a place where I would physically be in danger? Um, so I just want to throw that out there too. But supposing you're not going to be in physical harm's way, I want to urge you to speak up. Speak your truth. Speak what you believe in. Stand up for yourself. What are you afraid of? What is the absolute worst thing that could happen? (laughs) And if the answer is an argument, why would an argument happen? It would happen because the other person is triggered as hell, right? They're not wanting to face this. They're not wanting to talk about this. They're not wanting to know that you're standing in your truth. They're not wanting to see you in your power. Listen, The most important thing to bear in mind when you face any other human is that if you are coming in in complete truth, right? It's not coming from a place of ego. It's coming from a place of your personal truth, sovereignty, love, etc. If you are coming in from that place and next get twisted, It's because the other person is triggered. And if you get blamed, it's because they are gaslighting you. I just want to throw that out there. So if you can go into settings with that precise mindset, it actually helps to instill more equanimity and the ability to remain equanimous. Um, equanimity, by the way, because I hear some of you not knowing that definition, but the definition of being equanimous or the definition of equanimity, it's the same thing, just different um, conjugations. Um, Being equanimous is the ability to look at a situation from a detached standpoint, but still feeling. 
so in other words, you are not invested in a way that you are uh, that you are attached to it, but you are invested by way of heart space. You are invested by way of love and of truth. So yeah, and then it just becomes less personal. It becomes more about being able to look at them and be like, oh, all right, I see you. You're just a human who's learning. And that's all, that's all. You're a human who is learning. And I don't say that in a in a demeaning way, right? Like you're not going to look at them and demean them or pity them or be in judgment of them or whatever. It's just recognizing they are a human in a human experience, just like you are a human in a human experience. And we all have our blind spots and we all have our triggers and we all have spaces that are filled with cobwebs because we are too afraid to look in those corners. And this just might be a corner that they're too afraid to look in. And there's also a lot of societal brainwashing that's going on right now. And I think that it's important to speak to that and bear that in mind, right? We also have to have a lot of empathy for the fact that everybody's just trying to survive right now. No matter what their political standpoints, no matter what their healthcare viewpoints, no matter what the deal is, Everybody's just out there trying to survive and trying to get their loved ones to survive in whatever way that they know to do that because they love and care about each other. You love and care about yourself and your loved ones. Sometimes for some people, that means not respecting other people's wishes or body sovereignty because They believe that they should be able to control that. And I know I'm touching points here that are a little sticky and a little sensitive, but I also know that every single one of my clients for the last six months has been dealing with this. Um, I've been dealing with this on both sides of the coin, on all three sides of the coin. And so I just want to say to you, you're not alone. This is a hardship that everybody is going through right now in one form or another. And you're entitled to your viewpoint, your opinion, your perspective. You are entitled to that. And also, it is important to respect that other people's opinions might not be the same as your own. And other people's choices for their own bodies might not be the same as your own. And it's important to let that not be the thing that separates us even further. So perhaps that's a topic of conversation that people agree to disagree upon and move forward. Or perhaps it's a conversation that is just not touched Or perhaps it's a conversation where clear communications and boundaries are set around it, depending on people's comfort levels. And that's that. And so from there, I also want to state that being clear with your boundaries when you're at family gatherings is huge. I mean, that's going to change everything. And if people are not respectful of those, then perhaps it means not attending anymore. And I know that that's really, really, really hard I know that that's really hard, Um, but that's some work for you to decide. Is it worth it for me to continue to come to a place where my boundaries are not respected or um, 
you know, whatever. I, I also want to state that's not just in regards to, um, you know, the topic I was alluding to a couple of minutes ago, that that's in regards to literally everything, right? If somebody's not talking to you in a way that you deserve to be talked to, if somebody is bringing up a subject matter that you, oh, there's the dishwasher. If somebody is bringing up a subject matter that you don't, um, you specifically stated a boundary around saying, I don't want to talk about this. I will not do this. If somebody, you know, whatever, if somebody tries to set you up on a date, if you're single, I don't know, this is just coming to mind. If somebody's <laughs> trying to set you up on a date and you're single and you're like, uh, why'd you blindside me with this? I told you not to do it the last three times. Then maybe it's worth looking at, um, you're not respecting my boundaries and I don't know if I can attend these, these gatherings anymore. So that's something to think about. And then all along that line, on that note, I want to speak to the people right now who are listening to this who are not going to family gatherings this year. Um, how can you protect yourself right now when you're alone? Because chances are, if you are not attending a family function this year, it's because you were not allowed to be or because you don't feel uncomfortable or excuse me, that was a Freudian slip. You don't feel comfortable attending yourself. And that right there opens up the space for some psychic attack from family members. Um, why? Because there's the opening for them to be talking about you. There's the opening for them to be judging your decisions. There's the opening for them to just not understand where you're coming from or anything like that. And so that is where for you, my dear, it is important for you to do this shadow work that I was kind of speaking to earlier around self-worth and needing approval. Why do you need your family's approval? Why do you need to people please? Um, why do you need, you know, whatever. Any of those things that might be attached to something like that, um, that's where you can start to look and dive in and do that work. Um, because if you don't have those hangups, there's no way for them into your field. There's no way in. The only way people can come into our into our fields is where we are wanting them to, where we have some sort of vulnerability that then becomes an in for them to come in, right? Oh, I'm so insecure because my family, you know, doesn't agree with me on um, the way that I dress. And so um, I'm just looking for their approval and I wish they could just understand me. I wish they could understand the way that that I dress and you know because because they don't understand me I you know um now am just have this gaping hole where I'm just constantly seeking their uh, their need to understand right I just need them to understand and uh, I mean this isn't me this is an example I'm giving and so then what does that do that opens up for them to come in because you are seeking you are literally seeking for them to have an interaction with you you are seeking for them to come to you and say oh I understand you What's the likelihood of them just waking up one morning and saying, oh, I understand you suddenly? Um, very, 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 very slim to none. <laughs> um, so what's actually happening is instead where you're opening up specifically for them to say, oh, I understand you, um, you're actually trying to control the narrative. You're trying to control the situation. You're trying to control how they're connecting to you. 
And that then opens up the gateway for them to be able to cord you, hook you, um, enmesh themselves in your field, um, whatever it is, rather than claiming your sovereignty and saying they don't need to understand. They don't need to. They do not need to understand. I need to understand. And I'm the only person who needs to understand why I am doing what I am doing. And sometimes also you don't need to understand. You don't need to understand everything about yourself or everything that you do or every reason behind every, 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 everything. You don't need to understand. But um, I digress. So um, the best thing you can do is claim your sovereignty and just work on yourself and focus on yourself because the more that you are looking for things from them, the more that's going to open up your field. So that's where where it's time for you to, and I know I'm being redundant, but it's needed, needing, it's, it's wanting to be said again. Every time that you are focusing on them and what you are needing, in quotes, from them, because you don't actually need it, you are opening up your field to them. You are allowing them to have control over you energetically. When you step fully into yourself and into your sovereignty and into your truth and into your being and just allowing yourself to be, they have no opportunity to come in. None whatsoever. It's an automatic shield. It's an automatic force field just being yourself. Done. So that's what I wanted to say about that. And of course, again, I will repeat, you know, my heart goes out to you. If you are in separation with your family right now, holy cow, that's really hard. That's really hard. And my heart goes out and I feel a lot of love for you. Okay, last thing I want to hit here is food. Food is very, very important in either scenario, whether you're with your family or you're not with your family or you're out of Friendsgiving or whatever it is. I don't care. Or I guess Thanksgiving's over. I don't know where I'm at right now. But <laughs> um, <laughs> Friendsgivings go through December, I think. So <laughs> whatever. Um, but regardless of where you're at, food is going to be a thing. And it is more often than not that we are going to be eating foods that perhaps don't agree with us during the holidays. Why? Because they're freaking delicious. That's why. And so I just want to throw out to you, and I've talked about this before. I think I spoke about it in the energy of anxiety episode. Our gut, our gut hosts 90% of our serotonin creation, okay? It's not in the brain. Serotonin is the chemical for happiness. That happens in the gut, not in the brain. Um, and I mean, 10% of it happens in the brain. But when we're eating food that messes with our gut, it actually disturbs the distribution uh, and creation of that serotonin. And we are more likely to experience direct effects of anxiety. So... How can you have your cake and eat it too? Literally. Um, stock up. Stock up on all of the preventative things beforehand. Okay? So remember what I said about hydrating? Start that well before the party. Start that the day before. Right? 24 hours beforehand, you are pounding that water. I mean, maybe not right before bed because you don't want to have to pee 60 times. But, you know, pound that water. Right? Pound that water the whole day before, the whole day of. Pound that water, okay? That's gonna help flush your system out, keep it clean. Maybe add in a little bit of lemon if that's good for your system, just to also help detox a little bit, flush it out. Um, and probiotics, 
Probiotics are great. They help keep gut health. Um, and if you're taking probiotics for an entire like week beforehand, then that should, I mean, I take probiotics almost every day. I try to. Um, then that should kind of boost your gut health too. Um, of course, everybody's body is different. Maybe you're somebody who probiotics every day is way too much for you. Um, so make sure you consult your body. Do I need this? Do I not need this? Whatever. Check in with yourself. Um, if you don't know how to do that quite yet, go go find yourself a naturopath um, and book an appointment. Um, so yeah, and then you know just try try to eat healthy. Um, and when I say healthy, try to eat foods that agree with you leading up to that point. Um, and, uh, you know, that way you're, you're keeping your system clean. And when that food hits you, um, you'll be basically prepared for it too. I also like to suggest to be mindful that what you are eating can very, very, very much affect your mood. And so just being mindful that like if right after the party you get really depressed or super anxious or in some sort of a slump or, you know, whatever it is, that you recognize you've been eating foods that you're not used to eating that are likely also affecting your mental health. Um, so just being mindful of that because it can be really easy to be like, oh, I'm just so depressed and the family, being around the family really screwed me up and blah, you know, whatever. That can be really easy to do. And I'm not denying or doubting that being around your family maybe had something to do with it. I am also saying that it's very easy to also say, oh man, I had a lot of dairy yesterday and I don't normally eat dairy and that's probably affecting my gut, which is probably affecting my mood. And so maybe like 50% of this depression that I'm experiencing is actually because I ate all of this dairy and not necessarily because of my family. So just something to throw out there. I would, of course, recommend going back and listening to the episodes, um, The Energy of Anxiety, Parts 1 and 2, and also The Energy of Depression. Definitely suggest listening back to those um, because there are, all, of course, so many different factors um, that can cause depression and anxiety, um, energetically, holistically, whatever. Um, so if that's something that you experience around your family, then... Uh, there could definitely be a lot of helpful tidbits in there for you as well. All right, my loves, I am going to go ahead and close this out. I hope you have an absolutely beautiful, beautiful, beautiful illumination before you uh, with the eclipse in two days time. Um, falls on Saturday. I should be putting an article out about that soon. Uh, of course, if you're listening to this episode when it comes out. And um if you're not listening to this episode when it comes out, or even if you are, I hope that it's been really, really helpful for you in being able to understand a little bit more of how to claim yourself, how to claim your energy, how to claim your sovereignty amongst your family members and whatever other groups of people you might be around during the holidays. I know that this can be a particularly difficult time for a lot of people, um, especially I think this year more than most. So just be easy with yourself. I hope that these tools are really, really helpful in perhaps elevating your experience. My fingers are crossed around that. And if you do have any experiences where you're like, 
whoa, Rachel's podcast. Oh my gosh, that just like hit the nail on the head. I went to this party, I did the micro movement thing and it just changed my whole life. Please email me, let me know, or even better yet, write a review on iTunes and let the masses know so that more people can tune into this from all over the world and we can truly, truly, truly spread the psychic education um, and get everyone on these uh, new earth frequencies moving forward into this new paradigm of the human existence where we can all be ourselves. <laughs> Anyways, I love you guys so much. I hope you have a beautiful, beautiful holiday season. Of course, I will see you back on here, hear you back on here, talk to you back on here in two weeks. But I am sending you in the meantime, so, so much love. Thank you so much for tuning into the Doorway to Self podcast, for helping to spread psychic education, and for being a part of the mental health revolution. I hope you have received exactly what you needed today for your personal growth, understanding, and healing. For more information on upcoming workshops, retreats, and online events, please go to doorwaytoself.com. Thank you, and have a beautiful rest of your day. Okay, okay, but y'all know I really want to advocate for you doing your own podcast too. So I guess if you still want to stick around, you can also hear how you can use Anchor to create your own podcast. You're still here? You're still listening? Oh my gosh, I love you.